Welcome to Upshift, No Direction Network's Essence 20 podcast, where every two weeks we give you an edge on Essence 20. I'm Ryan Costello, one of the designers of the... Sorry, I forgot what I do next. <laughs> I forgot that I have to introduce myself. I'm Ryan You gotta Cost- write that down. <laughs> it's not on the outline, that's the problem. I'm Ryan Costello, one of the designers of the Essence 20 system and an author on the G.I. Joe, Transformers, and My Little Pony core rulebooks, as well as other source books for the Essence 20 system. And I'm Jason Keeley. I'm Renegade Game Studios RPG developer. I have to decide whether my introduction will get longer, the longer my list of credits goes, or if I can find a way to summarize it. Some games. Yeah, I some did of some those stuff. games. Yeah. And I continue to do stuff. <laughs> Uh, before we begin, although we both work for Renegade on SS20 in some capacity, Upshift is not associated with or produced by Renegade Game Studios, and this is not an official SS20 podcast. That's right. In fact, we're starting off talking about a completely different role-playing game, or at least something based on it. What? Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Ah. So as of this recording, it's not out yet. It's only doing a full release on Friday, but uh, oh. in the last month... So, uh, I believe in some kind of association with Amazon, there have been just a ton of preview screenings across North yes. America. I have seen that. A lot of people have seen it. I assumed it was out already. I didn't even realize it, it, it wasn't out. Well, as of the release of this episode, it is out. Fair enough. But uh, I managed to catch a, a screening. It, it was just listed as a sneak preview. So I think in the States, Amazon is sponsoring some kind of early release for its uh, okay. subscribers, but I was just able to go to a theater uh, middle of a Sunday afternoon and and watch the Dungeons Dragons movie. And uh, I got to say, I, I liked it a lot. It is one of my favorite movie going experiences in the last couple of years. Uh, it's getting good. People are saying a lot of good things about it. So, you know, I'll probably uh, watch it at some point. Yeah, it and it doesn't just succeed as a fantasy movie. I really feel like it succeeds as a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, great. And I don't want to spoil anything. Like anything. I don't want to spoil anything at all other than that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed enough. every member of the cast, every performance, every character in there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I have not had much to do with the Dungeons & Dragons brand for, mm-hmm. I don't know, 10 years. Whenever 4th uh, Edition came out is when okay. I split off and I was no longer thinking of myself as a D&D fan. I was just an RPG player and then eventually a Pathfinder fan. Uh, but this is the best I've felt about liking something Dungeons & Dragons related in a long time. Oh, that's that sounds pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. I, I, I just realized the other day that the actor playing the, the druid, um, I, I saw her in um, like a, a, not quite an interview. I just saw a still of an interview. And I'm like, oh, I recognize that person. Yeah. I didn't recognize her in the mo- like in this in the trailer for the movie. Um, it's the, um, uh, it's the actor who played, uh, the young Beverly Marsh in the two it movies. And there was this one season of a Netflix show called, um, oh gosh, now I can't remember what it's, it's like, I've had enough or something like that. Um, that, that she was in, that was very good. That unfortunately did not get a second season, but you know. So it's funny. She was the only person in the cast I did not recognize from something. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. The the wizard is in Detective Pikachu. Uh, even so, uh-huh. Chris Pine's got a daughter in it, and she was in a movie with Dave Batista where he's like 
I don't know, a secret agent or something. I don't really remember it, but basically it's one of those like uh, Mr. Nanny type situations where a big muscular right, dude yeah. ends up having to look after a little girl. Um, yeah. So she was the little girl in that Dave Batista movie. Oh, okay. So even, <laughs> even her, even I that. recognized. Oh yeah. I know you're a big Bridgerton fan too. So you recognize, uh, Richard you know Jones. what? I've, I've only seen the one episode, but I mean, yes, I recognized him. Yeah. Fair enough. So anyway, uh, I, I am looking forward to uh, reading more reviews, especially from mm-hmm. fans, um, because there is one thing that I will say the movie does. It tells stories in a unique way. It basically, oh. like, every scene almost begins with then a flashback to a backstory, and it's like, oh, wow. it, it's just constantly wobbling back and forth in the timeline, but not in, like, a Pulp Fiction kind of way. There mm-hmm. is a, a, like, a forward narrative and then it's also thrown in with these chunks of backstory, just fleshing out the world, fleshing out the individual characters and their motivations. And it's done really well. Like it's, it's keeps up a brisk pace. It's just not something I've ever seen that like storytelling structure before. All right. Well that, I mean, that's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that actor's name is Sophia Lillis. And that Netflix TV show is called, I am not okay with this. That's a good title. That's all. I just, yeah, I like it. I like it. Is it worth watching now that it's only had one season? I think it's still worth watching. Okay. You're going to get a little bit of a cliffhanger at the end. I think, mm. I think it's been a bit, but not like so much that I don't know, it's still worth watching. Okay. Even though I didn't recognize her, I did like her very much. Yeah, in the yeah. movie. So Fair maybe enough. I will uh, seek out some other stuff. I haven't seen the it movies either. Uh, doesn't, doesn't interest me. So Fair enough. maybe I'll check out this Netflix series. Check that one out. Well, Jason, today's topic is something new for the Upshift podcast. We are doing an interview. Hey, hey. we found out that the Foundry uh, module that we were talking about for S twenty right. last episode it was the, it ends up it was the same module, right. and so we brought on the one of the developers on it, Scott, to just talk us through it and really show us how S twenty works on Foundry using this specific module. We're going to get right to that, and then afterwards we'll be back for some S twenty news as well as shout-outs and our usual sign-off stuff. I'll be here. I hope so. <laughs> no, Jason, where are you going? Yeah, goodbye. Last episode, we stumbled across the revelation that both Jason and I were aware of an effort to bring Essence 20 to the Foundry Virtual Tabletop. And it ends up we were both aware of the same project, mm-hmm. a team of Essence 20 fans with Foundry experience who wanted to bring this game they love to their preferred virtual tabletop. Uh, joining us to discuss its development and what it means to you, the the listener and the Essence 20 enthusiast, is the owner of the unofficial Essence 20 system Discord server. He goes by renderance on the internet, but he has given us permission to use his real name, Scott. Hi. Scott, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Good. Happy to have you. Uh, this is our first interview on Upshift. Now, mm-hmm. we've got other podcasts on the network. We've done interviews before, but uh, this was not supposed to be an interview show. But Jason and I could not handle a Foundry episode on our own, so we brought in an Indeed. expert. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but we have been uh, working on it for close to a year now. So uh, why? What, what, what is it you like about Foundry? Uh, Foundry itself, it offers a lot of flexibility that many other tabletop systems, many other virtual tabletops just don't. The, the, the pure expandability that are in the modules, um, uh, my per- my personal favorite is I'm I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Um, we actually have a module that allows us to create a morph 
for the tokens with an animation and all the players really get really players really got a got a great kick out of that that was a lot of fun what can you describe what happens when you morph um so basically what happens is it, it plays an animation over the top of the token then it changes the token from one to another uh the one like, i've got like six or seven of them that i've done um, my favorite one um has like this magic circle that pops up and then it like a dragon will pop up over the top of that <laughs> and then it plays a sound it'll also play a sound like a little eagle scream in the background and then smoke bomb it goes off underneath it and then it changes from one token to the other like while all that's happening that's uh, so as far as the player is concerned they just press a button and all of that stuff just happens for them it, it's just you just create a macro from there yeah that's awesome um the big the big thing that inspired the shit inspired the shift was um how we how a lot of the community felt that roll 20 had dropped the ball during the initial launch of like it, they never as far as i know they never did complete the the zord sheet which was a huge component of the power rangers game at the time yeah and uh and there was a lot of other things that just made running it a lot te more tedious than necessary. So one of our big goals was to make it as painless as humanly possible to run in Foundry. I guess we should address the elephant in the room that at launch of Essence 20, starting with the Power Ranger role-playing game core rulebook, there was a deal in place between Renegade and Roll20 that uh, uh, Essence 20 would be supported at launch. And it was only to a degree and I know that uh, a lot of people then were waiting for the updates because there were some clear absences. And then G.I. Joe came out. People were waiting for the G.I. Joe support. Transformers came out. People were waiting for Transformers support. And we were still just stuck with the basic version that had come out at launch. And there was no real clear communication between the companies and the fans until eventually they just said, this arrangement is not working. And, and so we've officially ended the Roll20 Renegade relationship with regards to this project. Yeah. yeah. My understanding is you guys will be moving to Fantasy Grounds. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that was just announced at the Just Wait panel. That's right. That is correct. Yeah. I, I missed I missed that one. I I watched the other panel. I mean, that's a good one to go back to. Or we just summarized everything that happened at the Just Wait panel. Although <laughs> I don't think we brought up that uh, SS20 was coming to Foundry in the in that review episode. Fantasy Grounds, but yeah, we uh we did uh, that was uh I guess kind of a something that it didn't really appear on my radar too much you know i mean it you know i remember talking about it but or seeing it on the uh, on the video but uh it didn't stick in my brain enough to bring it up during during our last podcast so why did you want to bring essence 20 to foundry we've touched on that a little bit but specifically you want to play essence 20 online what was it about essence 20 and foundry that you thought worked well together foundry's api is a lot more open than roll 20s is and their licensing scheme just worked better for me and many of the others in we, we played foundry we had foundry servers each of us already had our own foundry servers from uh, dungeons and dragons games uh gerbs games things like that mm -hmm. and so it was it just made sense for us to hey let's start coding um the actual project started by a gentleman by the name of matt and he he initially he started it some i mean i've got i've got some pictures of the old sheets and they're they're they were rough. Um, so he brought me on to help with CSS and he brought another guy on uh, by the name of Phil. Uh, he goes by potato in the discord server. Hmm. 
Um, when somebody was just like, my online identity is going to be potato. Potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he Phil's awesome. I, I, he's been, he, he has been like the large, I've been kind of the driving force, uh, kind of driving the direction of the project and doing much, much of the, um, the, the physical stuff, changing locations of things and making it work for me as a GM and hopefully as a player, um, my next season of Power Ranger Squadron, where I'm hoping to play and instead of GM two games, my big thing was I wanted to be able to run it and keep it, keep as much of the downtime as humanly possible out of it. Yeah. So we, one of our big things was we want a single pop-up that we can fill out the form and click roll and we're good to go. You pull up your little, your little box, you fill out whether or not you got any upshifts or any downshifts, whether or not it's specialized and how many times you want to roll it. And it'll yeah. roll all those dice in one, one shot. I've been actually using uh, your uh, uh, Foundry module to, to run some G.I. Joe uh, over the past month or two. Uh, yeah. And just that, that ability to have that one pop-up that comes up and, and click the buttons for whether it's pluses or minuses, um, been great. You know, it's been really handy to, to have that. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, that was, that yeah, was no. a big thing. That was a big sticking point for me on roll 20 was just how much downtime we had. I can also say having worked with, uh, Randall Mayer who did Sage, which is a discord bot that, uh, allows you to do play by posts and includes a uh, an essence 20 module as much as people have compared essence 20 to a dungeon dragons fifth edition in terms of like if you know fifth edition you know broadly how Essence 20 works the dice rolling is completely unlike fifth edition and that's what makes programming these kinds of uh, virtual tabletops uh, much more challenging yeah absolutely one thing we looked at first was the was the logic behind how the rules work we um Phil and I sat down and we actually looked at all of the, the logic, like how each role would work and try to run various scenarios. Um, and as scenarios came up in the live play, I would take back and give, give back feedback con almost constantly. Like, Hey, I want to see this fixed a little bit. Cause this is something that's real making it kind of a hard thing to do. Um, but we, we looked at it. All right. How many, how do upshift how do upshifts work? How what's what's the most it can get? How how high can we go? Um like I'm sure Jason has noticed when it when you hit the when you hit the uh, auto roll stage or the crit stage, it will roll 3d6. We've we decided, hey, if it auto hits, you shouldn't even have to roll at that point. Yeah, I, I don't think any of my players have gotten uh, that many shifts up yet, but <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, definitely getting some high rolls where it's you know two D the two D eight range. So now you mentioned Phil. In fact, I thought you were Phil. Uh, no, uh, no, you've got. Well, just you put out uh, the updates, and then the updates have like a detailed log of like this person did this work, and just Phil was the name that came up so often, and I associate you the most with this project that I was just like, oh, okay. So reverence, which is the only name I knew you as must be Phil. And so when you showed up and it says Scott's here, I was like, all right, I've made an assumption, a wrong assumption. No, um, Phil's done a lot of the logic for the back end. Um, that's where most of his stuff um, I've done. I've done all the, like the organizing, most of the organizing of the sheets, all the layouts and 
giving and done a lot of the the driving force like hey this is something that we need to fix because this is actually causing problems here here and here mm -hmm. um quality assurance essentially and and actually just basically all of the css so how many people are on your team and how did you put it together uh basically up uh, up at well there's just now five of us total um Matt was like, again, he was the one who originally started the project. And then he brought on Phil originally. Um, Matt had to step away for real life reasons. So, so he just kind of had to drop the project. Um, but Phil and I continued it by ourselves uh, pretty much up until last month um, when mm -hmm. we brought uh, Jay Franklin on as well to help out. Then we just brought a, another developer on to help out with uh, now that the My Little Pony has been released um in which we actually do now one of the big things that i think is i'm really really happy really happy about and proud of is we've gotten all four sheets up for each of the systems which is impressive because my little pony isn't even technically out yet the people that pre-ordered have their copies and that which is... i did <laughs> okay and you already have that content up so and i know like i see in your background i see some power ranger stuff you have only of all the brands mentioned anything personal as far as connections to power rangers so why did you go with the whole system my thought processes was instead of waiting for somebody to support it why not be the guy who supports it that that was we wanted to one thing we really like um jay franklin came on because he really 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 likes the transformers game and really wanted to play some gi joe so he's like what can I do to help? And we're like, mm. well, we need this help. <laughs> and he's actually done a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, there's some really cool things coming down the pipeline that I think is going to make some of the more advanced um, tabletop GMs very happy. Um, mm. We're, we're going to be implementing some automation targeting and stuff that will be options in the, mm. in the future. Yeah. Um, that's, that, that's another really powerful feature of foundry that, that like, D and D players love it because of that. They don't even have to really think about it. It just automation's built right into that system automatically. So we're we're hoping to get to that level at some point. That's great. Yeah, and and it's been I say like I'm glad that you continue to 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 move on past the Power Ranger stuff because uh, I think I downloaded the the module and I started talking to my players about like, oh, we're going to play Joe and it's going to be some of this stuff. And you hadn't had the Joe sheets quite up yet. Uh, and then like, like before our next session, you had the Joe sheets up and I was like, oh, I got to move everyone's stuff over to the Joe sheets just to because, you know, because there's all, you know, the Power Rangers have that personal power and I was just telling them to eh, just ignore that. Just kind of just put your numbers in and it'll, you know, all the skills are the same. The, the dice will work. I, I, you know, mainly kind of wanted to help with that, that automating those, those dice rolls for the most part, but having the foundry this to have grids and pictures and tokens and stuff like that is obviously a nice thing, but mostly it was just sort of like I'm playing with a bunch of people virtually anyway let's do virtual dice instead of having them rolled their own fair enough yeah absolutely yeah. what were some of the challenges of implementing essence 20 on foundry i think the biggest challenges we're kind of running into right now um we're looking at how to automate certain things such as stun damage um hmm. the stun state stun damage um where we're looking at how we can the, the automation process that we're th we're proving is proving to be 
pretty difficult um, because there's just so many factors. Um, big, like the, we're looking at how to automate, how to figure out how to do the stun state, the stun damage, so that it, when you have exceeded it, the character just passes out or whatever. Yeah. They're defeated. But they're defeated. Depending on whatever the rules are for that particular GM. Yes. Uh, is there a way for a GM to make that call of what defeated means for them? Or I guess mechanically, that doesn't really mean much. Mechanically, it doesn't mean much, but we're, that's, um, because we're still very early in a lot of the feature set, um, we just want to, our big pro, our big goal was, hey, let's get these sheets up and working. To be honest, Phil and I hadn't really thought much about the automation process. We just wanted it to be as painless to run as possible um, for our own games. Um, and I think he's planning on playing G.I. Joe and Transformers. Um, once the once the crossover comes out, I think he had like an idea for a campaign or something. That might have been one of the other persons on the other thing. Yeah, no, one of the big things I did is I we've spent our own money on making sure that we have these source books available for us to reference and making sure that we're implementing the right right stuff so that having you in the server has been helpful on stuff that we disagreed on. I I feel like I've barely done anything, but all right, I'm glad I could be any kind of help. <laughs> well, it just it it the having that having the the assurance that hey there mm. is someone who works on the system who knows it more or less inside out is going to it can make the final call then we can be like hey you had a problem with it now you can take it up with the actual developers of the game we're just here making <laughs> oh, the sheets so i'm your scapegoat <laughs> yes you are yeah. <laughs> we had to do that today on with with another person <laughs> they're like can't you fix this they wanted to change the name of stunned or something. I'm like, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> I think if you're ready, we're kind of ready to just walk through a demonstration so that just in case someone's brand new to foundry or even brand new to virtual tabletops, we can kind of walk them through how you get into a game, how you start it up, how you run your character. Okay. Well, first thing you're going to want to do is you, you want to get the, get the link from our GitHub. I, I will send a copy of that to you for you to share in the in the link or whatever. Okay. Uh, but it's uh, github.com slash wookiemat slash essence20. Um, if you look on essence20, you should find, or if you find, if you look on GitHub, on, you should find us or search in the Renegade Discord server. We po I post periodically. I'm more than happy to send anyone a link to it. Mm -hmm. Um as far as installing it, you just go to the system set, go up to the system area and click install. And then you post the GitHub link into the install system and then click install. Uh, before we get to the installing, if I'm downloading it, I'm downloading essence20.zip. You are not actually going to download anything. You, okay. you, you don't download anything. You take right. that link. Oh, okay. You take that link under, under Foundry, you go to install system. There should be a little, there should be a little box down at the bottom that's that says uh, "installed by source link." 
programmer. I'm not a programmer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, and so I, but still I was able to, that's another thing I, I enjoy about Foundry. It's pretty easy to install other things and new modules and, and game systems like that. I was able to find this, this, uh, the essence 20 module, uh, that, uh, that they had, uh, pretty easily and just go, oh yeah, just put the direct the direct foundry to that link. And they did all do all the rest of the work for you, basically. Yep. There's a, there's a manifest link in on our, yes, what it is, on yeah. our, on our open page there. Um, right. When you first go into the essence 20 list, if you go down into the re read me, it says manifest URL and you copy and paste that into the install system box. And then from there, you just create your game and select essence 20. Okay. Um, I could share my screen for you guys if you would like. Yes, please. There you go. You go to game systems here once you're once you log into Foundry. Yeah, this is in the configurations and setup window. Yep. Then you click on install set install system, and then under here you would click manifest URL and you would paste it there. Okay. Um, obviously, I'm not going to do that here because I already have it installed here. And this is my this is my development page. Um, I have a one online that I use uh, that I have an online server somewhere um i use oracle um and there's some they've got a free free service that they have um and there's instructions on the foundry website on how to do that uh, once you log in you can you can kind of go through your go through all your various tabs you've got your chat tab you've got your combat encounters your scenes that's going to be like your maps and stuff your actors, that's your character sheets. That's 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 where the meat of this really, really comes from. Um, if you really want, like where you're really gonna use it. Um, and we have a character sheet for every aspect of Essence 20. We have one for your Power Rangers. We've got one for your My Little Ponies. We've got one for your Transformers, your GI Joes, vehicles and Zords and Megazords, as well nice. as threats. Um, we kind of classified all the threats as one because they're all basically built the same throughout all of the source books. Yeah. So we're just like, why create extra ones? <laughs> um, so for the Power Rangers one, um, all, of, all of the tabs, all of them have common tabs um, with unique individual spots for each space. Um, first thing you're going to oh, when you create once you create that tab it's going to once you create that once you create that actor and you select whichever one you're looking for power rangers gi joe um, pony or transformer um the first tab it opens is that skills tab where you've got your essences and your initiative your health your movement um we do have your defenses there as well just as a referenceable spot but you can't you can't edit anything there that's edited on another tab. Um, we've got all of our conveniences here. Um, perfect example is um, this is one of the players for one of the other games. Um, I just exported theirs. Uh, combat. Um, we have class features under the combat tab, uh, which is specific. We try to keep those specific to each one. So for Power Rangers, one of the common things, regardless of what it is, is power points. Mm -hmm. um, and Transformers have Energon points, which we, I believe we have that automatic under combat. Yes, we do. It's not automatically filled in. 
Um, but we have the isomorphin time, how many times you can roll that. It, it shows the features and you can fill out all the information. Um, when you add, when you're adding those features, it's going to create an item. Um, that's how basically most of Foundry is created is items. Um, every weapon is an item. Every armor is an item. Every ability is an item. Um, so you can, you as a GM, if you're willing to put the time in, you can actually go through and create compendiums for your teams, um, for your players, so that they can drag and drop things in as you need, as needed. And we did that when we first started Project Squadron because there was five games, probably 30 people playing at the time. Oh, wow. Having every person create the same, the exact same thing for every piece didn't make a lot of sense to us. The skills tab, that already looked very familiar as far as uh, if you're familiar with the Essence 20 character sheet. Yep. So the combat tab is already where you've started to customize and put the information in a slightly different layout. So who was designing the uh, the UI of your your actor sheets? Um, Phil and I did it in conjunction. Um, we my my big thing was I wanted it in a easy to read format and something that would be familiar immediate, especially the essence, especially the essences page. I wanted it to be immediately familiar to a player if they've read the book and they've looked at the character sheet, I want them to understand how this sheet works. Um, and there's not a lot of variation. There's certain things that are in mildly different order, but nothing that's going to throw somebody right out of, right out of whack. As far as I, as far as I understand or know, um, Jason, having used it, has that something that any of your players experienced is getting confused by the sheets at first, or were they able to pick them up pretty quickly? No, I mean, I just sort of, we were learning, uh, you know, all of them were learning the system at the same time too. So it was just a matter of describing how, what about the system is on where it is on the character sheet. And we, you know, like I said, we sort of are mostly just focusing on uh, all the skills and scores. So we're mostly on this skills page. Um, but some of my players were already sort of making little macros for their, for their, for their combat stuff, honestly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Every item type has a sheet. Um, so, so we've got origins, roles, perks and things like that and we tried to keep them tried to break them down as much to keep them in a kind of containerized aspect as much as possible so that if for whatever reason you're not using it they're not scrolling past them um we wanted to make the sheet able to be looked at in a single window if at all possible um, so combat we have here we're not opening another window for it we can i can run my entire combat system here if i've got a weapon i can just create it by clicking the plus sign under weapons and then i can go in and click the edit button which is the which is the small feature here which is the small pen here and then i can edit this sheet to include as much or as little information as is needed oh, that's cool yes and you can actually select what skill my favorite one of my favorite features is actually being able to select what skill is associated with so if it's a targeting it's a targeting targeting attack i can select targeting and it will auto calculate based on the owner of that item's targeting score nice um what's really cool is if you have say um i'm going to use power rangers because it's the one i'm most familiar with uh the red rangers power strike 
you can create a, an ability for that and have it uh, and then select right here where it says no class feature. If you select mm -hmm. that, you can select PowerPoints and it will, when you roll it, it will auto den it will auto take that PowerPoint away, tracking okay, those cool. for you. Hmm. And that uh, works for any class uh, specific ability, um, class or role specific ability. Anything that you label as a class feature, you can set that as that. You can set that as by just selecting it. By not having it, you're not uh, applying it. Now I noticed uh, it's not on the screen right now. There we go. Now it is. Uh, you've got the color option here. So you can click on that and you can change the highlighted colors on your character sheet. Yes. One of the things that, that we saw during one of, during when we were first developing the Power Rangers one is they wanted to be able to customize their sheets a little bit. They didn't want it to be like super fancy or distracting, mm -hmm. but they did want it to be, they want it, they wanted to at least pick their color, at least pick their color to associate themselves with whatever ranger they were. If they were using the yellow spectrum, but they were an orange ranger, they wanted an orange sheet. Okay. So we created a color box, color picker on, on that sheet that changed the highlight features of it. Do you mind just changing the color on this one just so we can see how uh like the effect of yes. having a different color on the character uh, change it oh blue. it's a full color wheel. yeah yeah oh yeah you can change it to any color that you have a hex code for oh, that's nice because it really is unobtrusive and yet it totally changes the tone of the character sheet exactly yeah. um, a perfect example is if we look at our we look at our uh, friendship as magic sheet which is a little bit different we did change the background color for our pony sheets um, to be a little bit more in line with the theme of the show mm -hmm. and the spirit of the game. So it's got, it's got a dark blue um, background. That's literally one of the colors out of twilight's main. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I had to pull it up. I had to pull a picture of her up and go in with my color picker and pick that color. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I did most of the CSS work in all of the sheets, um, coloring and things of that nature. Um, cause that's where most of my background, most of my experience with web development is, is fixing that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so like if we look at this, we got a blue and we change it to a, like a, a red sure. or even a pink for Pinkie Pie. Mm-hmm really changes the whole theme of it yeah but the readability is still there regardless of the color it really is just like an accent that yeah. was that was the idea we wanted one of the things that we found when experimenting early on with some of the coloring schemes is it's very difficult to offer true customizability without absolutely destroying readability yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. And we we went with practicality. Like, hey, here's here's your you here's your here's your play, here's your colors and accents, but we still want to be able to read it. Because not all of us have high-end monitors and things of that nature. Yeah, no, everything here it it's practical, but it also shows a lot of thought has been put into it. I can really appreciate all the work. Like just looking at the thing, what's on my screen, I can appreciate how much work has gone into this. Yep. Um, so like perfect example of some of the differences that we have between some of the sheets here. We have powers here, um, 
but we have spells here. We have powers for Power Rangers, but spells for ponies. We are actually um, really excited about the crossover book because we're looking at some features to turn thing to turn tabs on and off for crossovers. We're really trying to think about that because um, if you have a Power Ranger who can use magic, you got to have that spells tab. Um, so, or a GI Joe who can use magic. <laughs> Guns and magic. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so we actually even added one of the most recent additions with the with the pony sheet is spellcasting's on its own tab. It's its own thing. Um, so if I set friendship and magic here to a D6 and create one of her spells, um, I can go in and edit that spell to what, what it's got to cost. So if it's got that cost of three or whatever. Oh, that is a high cost spell. It is a high cost spell. It's a big spell. Yeah. And, but if I click on it, it already has that downshift automatically applied. Awesome. So as long as you edit what the spell costs, it will automatically apply the correct downshift. So if you end up with like an edge or something else gives you an upshift, you can fix that without with minimal with minimal editing. You can give you one upshift and three down, it will roll with a two downshift. Yeah, and I liked the oh hey, good roll. Hey, hey, I rolled hey, a 21. Hey. I think that might be my with a D2. Yeah, nice. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but going back to that rolling screen, edge and snag were very clearly outlined. Like I know exactly how to implement that. Specialization is right there. And then times to roll. Because you explained it to me, I now get it. That probably would have been the only thing where I look at that and I'm like, I'm not sure what to do with this, but one feels right. Yeah, that was one of the things that was, it's, it's very daunting on a virtual tabletop. It's not like you can grab your, you can just grab your physical dice. It's very daunting on a physical, on a virtual tabletop to have to roll five, six times for the same attack. So yeah. we're like, Hey, how can we, if these are all the same dice and you're rolling the same rolls, let's just add a, let's just add a multiplier here. How many times am I rolling that? So there's a couple more of these actor sheets that I want to see. I want to see how pets work in G.I. Joe, and I want to see how alt modes work in Transformers. Pets? Yep. We have not implemented yet. Oh, okay. Good but to know. We, that, that is something I haven't, like, I haven't gone through the G.I. Joe book. Um, another individual did. Um, and I didn't realize that pets hadn't been added, to be honest. Um, they might feature the gear? No? Okay. I will make sure that I will be bringing, I will create a, I will create an issue with that. And that's another thing that's been really nice about all this is when we find something that's wrong or something, somebody brings that kind of stuff to our attention, it's usually fixed within a week or two, unless it's like a really complex issue. Where that, I wouldn't be surprised if pets takes you two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to read, I'll, I'll have to read through how that but um, you wanted to see how the alt, alt mode, alt mode. Yeah. So we do actually have that as a feature. Um, okay. So we actually created that here, alt mode here, and this is a this is another this is one of the players from um, Jay Franklin's game. He sent me a copy of it that he's running live. Um, we added the feet. We added. We added them here. 
um, as Altma, like the wep their weapons. Um, yeah, the hardpoint weapons. Hardpoint weapons are listed here, cool. and they get listed under alt mode. And we can, it's it's really we just kind of decided. All right, so it's a different mode of this. So how does this make sense? So we mm -hmm. we gave them. We looked at it and we created a an we created it as an item rather as an additional sheet, um, because it's really only affects three or four things: size. Um, movements and things and things like that how many people can stand on you things like that so we just created a, a, a form that you can basically fill out that lists all that detail and you don't have to click on edit to see that you can just click right here oh nice if you click on each individual item is a drop down on almost all of the sheets mm -hmm. um so you can see hey we've got aerial aquatic ground um, and you can see right if they're willing to put it in there, what would it be here? Um, one of the things that we were hoping early on is that we could at least get Renegade to say, yeah, this is okay. And share right. it with, and share it with the group. Um, obviously we understand that there's a lot of legal things that happen there and I'm not willing yeah. to play the game on that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to make it at least accessible for everybody to be as easy to use as possible. So it's just, we created all of these things here as all of these little containers. That's what these are, is containers of each individual item type. Um, so for the alt mode, it's its own item type. Weapons are their own item type, obviously. Um, if you're going to backgrounds, um, origin is its own, bonds is, we created that as its own. Um, we could we, we went back and forth for a while on whether or not we should do that as a as just a text box. Um, right. Yeah, because bonds have no mechanical effect. They're role playing cues. In the and we did kind of the same thing with hangups as well. Um, but we well hangups are mechanical. Yeah. But you could still you could still create them as text box and still have the same effect. But okay. we felt we felt keeping it uniform, keeping everything kind of uniform. Um, because maybe one specific GM, or we tried to make it as available for homebrew as possible, because there might be a GM who has that bond to be a mechanical thing. It, it might just be a homebrew rule that they have. So we tried to accommodate for that. Um, this, this effects tab is what's really is the, is the pipeline that's coming down. This is going to add some automation to it. Uh, even right now, we have the ability, if you create a perk, um, you can add you can add effects to those perks. So uh, like dodgy or something where it gives you an upshift, you can have it auto apply that upshift onto that character and have that turn on and off. Very cool. Yeah. That's 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 something that that that's that's Jay Franklin's baby. That's his that's been his that's been his pet project since coming on. And it's been kind of cool to watch. So now these are mechanical effects, right? Because you were also earlier talking about the um, like visual effects when you do a transformation. Where would that fall under? Uh, as of right now, that falls under that falls under um, modules that are external. Okay. We are looking at ways to incorporate um, 
or at least make them more compatible with with the system we would love to have right we're looking we've talked about creating an actual um uh, an alt mode button for the transformers or a it's morphing time button for the for the power rangers that changes those stats that changes those features and maybe even like switches your token oh yeah from, that makes sense from a to b are, are are those visuals um effects that you're using in your games uh modules that you've created or are you using like uh modules that exist on the foundry uh, uh there uh, so the the one that the one that I use most is called sequencer I use it in conjunction mm -hmm. with another module called jb2a's animations mm -hmm. um and jack curick's animations um they those two those three modules um Jack Kerrix and JB2A do kind of the same thing. They're just mm -hmm. literal, a collection, uh, a database of animations that, yeah. uh, with, in the case of JB2A, a couple has put out um, that they've made available. They've got a bunch of free ones. Um, they do have a Patreon that they, yeah. that they also have out there that you can subscribe to if you're so inclined um, that, they just it's it's just awesome they've got all these animations that you can pick and choose from and um with just a little bit of coding you can do some really really cool effects um i i, I, I this is the tiniest bit of coding that i've done on foundry uh i used like token fx uh mm -hmm. but um i figured out a way to accompany a blood splatter with a gunshot sound with a single button and i was so proud of myself when that did that because i'm i am kind of clueless when it comes to this but like foundry has made it it makes it pretty easy i just kind of looked some stuff up and and then kind of copied the kind of how it was and oh i just changed the the source of the file name is this sound effect instead of something else and now yep. I, I i i use it too much <laughs> it 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 just adds just that little bit of visual input yeah, to, to exactly to keep your distracted players or focused on what you need to um most of my players have turned the sound down though so they don't necessarily or they have or, or they forget to turn it down when it happens it's very loud for them They're like oh geez i'm like yeah now it's time to start paying attention um you should be able to set the volume on those as well i gotta figure out how to do that yeah um sequence sequencer is unlike token fx it doesn't have a a, a, a um gui mm. um it's all actual a script that you write, um, but they have amazing, um, they have amazing tutorials, tutorials on their mm -hmm. wiki that it's just it, at that point, it just becomes fill in the blank. Yeah. 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 I want to just talk about the story point tracker that you've got down here. Ah, oh, yeah. I was waiting for you to, for you to notice that. Oh, that, no, I noticed it a long time ago. I just wanted to wait till we can move on to it because I love this very much. Yes. Um, one of the th one of the things that I personally struggle with is all is remembering where mm -hmm. where my players points are. So having that having that little spot where I can just, hey, here's. Or uh, I can. I, 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 I've, I'm notorious for this. Oh, I like what they did there. Like. <laughs> and just wait for them to notice. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle, yeah. Um, 
So just to sort of describe uh, for the listening audience, there's a, just a little extra window to says story point tracker, and it's got a GM points and story points uh, uh, segments with up and down arrows. Uh, and then right. at the bottom, uh, he's got it just says roll major scene GM points. So if you win because of that thing you do at the beginning of a major scene, you roll some story points for your for for the GM GM story points to get. And I assume that does it. I, I've, I've used it. It does it automatically. I know. Yes, it actually does. Uh, and yeah. it is actually toggleable. You can turn it on and off at will. Okay. Um, and that is done by under your token controls. There is a extra little S here um, that says toggle story point tracker. And fun fact about this story point tracker. In the settings, you can change it to friendship points. Oh, nice. As oh. of this week. Very good. Just one th other thing I want to point out about this is that there's like a glow, a red glow to the down and an up glow to the, uh, sorry, a blue glow to the up. And it just, it's it stands out from everything else on the screen, which means that I will never lose track of where my story point tracker is. Uh, because like you, I am constantly forgetting as a player, as a GM, that these things even exist. Exactly. Um, And and it's like, I, I'll set, I'll set my, like at the beginning of every, episode or game or whatever i'll 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 go in and right before and set it and under your actual chat log here it actually tells you whether or not one's been added oh, yeah. or, or 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 used so if i actually use or if a player is going to use one uh, we're working on how to figure out to let the players click it mm. um for that but right now it uh the player story points or friendship points must be done by the by the game master um just the that's just an extra button click, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot of back-end stuff that would need to work just right for us to mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. And we just haven't, because none of us are what we would I would call proficient in um, JavaScript and, and CSS and things like that. We're most, we're fans. And um, I think Phil is like the only one who does it professionally, as far as I'm aware. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, having that there, just be able to add that. And well, how many of the, oh, hey, they spent one. You only have three. <laughs> and that, unfortunately, is is uh, contingent on whether or not you as a GM remember to click that button. But <laughs> be fair. <laughs> but um, as long as you do, you can track it pretty accurately. That was one thing that I really, man, I really need a way to do this. Cause I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm an airhead, man. I, no way am I going to do that. <laughs> All right, Scott, I think we're about ready to wrap things up. So before we close down the, the, uh, the shared screen, are there any cool features that we haven't talked about yet that you just want to show off? Uh, I th think one thing you guys will like is the, the threats flexibility of the threat sheet. Um, okay. Even today, we actually added spells and spell casting as an option on that shell, on that sheet. Um, it even has an alt mode for your transformer ones. Yeah. Um, it's a very unique sheet. It's 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 the only sheet with everything on it. Mm. Um, as a everything that is incorporated across all three or all four games. 
Yeah, I like you've got all the skills listed in the same way that they are listed on a threat stat block. So instead of spread out across four columns, it's just the one column of all the skills. I like that very much. Um, uh, yeah, they are they are alphabetized by essence um, instead of just straight alphabetical. Um, we did we we did that because that's just kind of how it worked out programmatically on the back end for us. It made a lot. It, um, we would have had to create a bunch of extra code. And we didn't really think that that was wise. We want to try and keep our code as lean as possible. And that's just yeah. good coding practice. I, I do want to also point something out about this that I, I was just sort of noticing. Like, so you up at the top of that, you've got skills with the arrow pointing down. And that, I believe, ends up showing all... No, uh, that just shows the skills it has ranks in, right? And if you click at the, if you click it, it'll, it does all the skills for you to yes. add ranks to. So, But when you're running it, you only need the ones that have anything involved in generally, right? right. So you can look so at it when in a glance. When you're initially creating that threat, um, one of the annoyances about the sheet that we have as of right now is this skills box has to be recollect, reclicked every, the skills dropdown has to be clicked every oh, time okay. you're going yeah. into, to add a, add one of the essence, add your points in whatever skill it is. Uh, we're, we're looking at how to fix that. That is, one of the things that's kind of high on the priority because all of us hate that <laughs> <laughs> when you're creating yeah. like five or six, when you're creating five or six baddies, it gets to be mm -hmm. a little annoying to go in and click after every single skill. Um, but when, when you're done, when you're looking at what, this, when you're running it, having the one, you know, the focuses is good. Having the, ha having the focuses that on the ones that they're actually going to use. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if you do need it, it's not hard to just click here and, oh, I'm going to roll an athletics roll. And it'll auto-apply that snag if they're at a D20 or lower. Actually, can you roll it? I just want to see what shows up in the chat menu when you roll something with snag. So it's going to calc. So basically, the code for it is going to show up, um, which is how many D20 you're rolling and... Um, if you see key key, if you see KH, it means keep highest. So that would be with edge. Um, or keep lowest um would be with snag. So it's gonna take the lower of those two. So if you actually click on the on the roll itself, it will actually show you the individual dice here. Oh nice. What they rolled. Cool. It's handy too for when you're rolling a bunch of dice, a bunch of the skill dice, you can see what rolled what and be like, oh yeah. Oh, this is, oh, you, you critted on your D8 and your D4, you know, kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, and it does actually specify whether or not it's a, if it's got a critical success or if it's got a critical failure, it, it, it changes the color of that, yeah. of that roll um, to red for failure and green for success. Very cool. Yeah, I really like what you've put together. Well, what your whole team's put together here. It looks so easy to run, which is very important for me because I just stumble when it comes to virtual tabletops. But from what I've done with Foundry, which is not as much as I would like, um, Foundry seems to be a virtual tabletop that I could really get involved in. And the way you've built this, uh, this module makes me excited to finally roll some uh, Essence 20 on a virtual tabletop. Well, that, that's that's... That's really high praise. Thank yeah. you very much. It's it's a it's a breeze, Ryan. Having used it myself, it's a real breeze. I 
within a couple of months, I hope to be using this myself too. <laughs> Fair enough. No, oh, and if you guys have, um, um, Jason, you're more than welcome to join our unofficial server as well. We'd love to have you. Um, and provide any feedback, any things that you guys would like to see changed or things that you think could be better. We're, we're always happy. We're always taking feedback. We want to make it, we want to make it as good as possible for the foundry and as an essence 20 communities. Awesome. Well, before we let you go, do you want to tell people where they can find uh, more about that, the, um, that discord server you were just talking about more about you, more about your show that you were uh, the power Rangers project squadron. Just anything you want to shout out to right now? Uh, yeah, as far as for Power Rangers Project Squadron, uh, we're almost done with season one. Uh, we've got five games. Uh, you can find us on Power Rangers Projects, Power Rangers Project Squadron on YouTube. And as far as for the Essence 20, um, if you see me in the Renegade server or the Foundry server, just shoot me a G, shoot me a PM. I'm a renderance on there. At, and you'll see me, you'll see every time we get get like a major update or a new game comes out or we've updated things for it. I post on the renegade chat going, Hey, foundry's here. <laughs> don't, don't forget about us. Well, Sergeant Slaughter just became available today. So I expect to see you popping in in the next couple of days. Yes. Uh, Jay Franklin <laughs> bought it. So <laughs> I haven't, I haven't got my hands on it just yet. So, but uh, we probably will be. Yeah. All right, thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Finally back in the world to continue my service. Lonzo would assure me that this was my new purpose with the team of green shirt. No, I have uh, a back from the interview segment. To do a, a classic param and we're back. Perfect. And we're back. Classic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, like I said, I do want to do some more essence 20 on foundry and just essence 20 online play and you know what just more essence 20 play uh mm. majority of my essence 20 at the table experience has been either play testing mm -hmm. or the um order from disorder uh youtube show that uh renegade right. had produced which you know was a great time and was uh was a highlight of my experience as a gamer but now that's a couple of years ago i think or maybe over a year ago Oh yeah, a little over a year ago, as far as the recording goes, it was uh, March of mm -hmm. last year. Right. So yeah, I I really need to just G GM some Essence Twenty, play some Essence Twenty, and it being on Foundry makes that a lot more feasible. It, it's going to make it a lot more feasible. the The Foundry module doesn't have like a character builder built into it for like a lot of the systems, essentially. So you're going to have to still go through the process of building a character uh, uh, in the standard ways, but um, you know, uh, it. It's not that hard with us wanting to build a character, so <laughs> should be easy. Now, Jason, mm. other podcasts on the No Direction Network usually go by the line that we are the news reviews and interviews podcast. We don't do that with uh, Shift because we're just so closely tied into Essence 20. Yeah. But I thought today there's been enough news since the last episode and the last recording that mm. we could do a little bit of an Essence 20 news segment just to go over, you know, some of the big bullet points of what's going on with sure, Essence sure. 20. So the, this one's got two out of the three, then. The news and interview. Not not a review. I, there was a little bit of review, but it was the Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, was, it's so fair it enough. Really yeah, that, it doesn't quite count. <laughs> two and a half. Just, we'll call it two and a half. Okay, I'll accept it. So first item here on the Essence 20 News is that Free RPG Day has announced the uh, products that are going to be available. So for those who don't know, Free RPG Day is an event that is uh, takes place at friendly local gaming stores across North America. 
where if you uh, go to our participating uh, gaming store, they will have a variety of free products free to you, the the customer. They do have to pay to get these kits. So, you know, go easy on them and maybe, you know, buy some dice or some miniatures while you're there. But yeah, basically, uh, they will have a table full of a variety of products that different companies have put together to promote the games that they are working on. Essence 20 has had a couple over the years, including Enter the Collection uh, being the debut product for an Essence 20 game for the Essence 20 system. And now this year we're uh, back with another adventure. It is Cobra slash Confusion. Cobra Confusion, a G.I. Joe Transformers Essence 20 crossover adventure. And it is at Free RPG Day, which is June 24th of this year. And I can say, I've been given permission to say that I wrote Cobra Confusion, yeah. uh, which you may have been able to guess by the name. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Uh, this was a super fun adventure to write. Uh, I got... I was basically told, write a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover adventure. And so I just went all in like, okay, this yeah, is everything did. that I want to do this. And uh, I got approval of every step of the way. And yeah, so uh, so now I cannot wait for people to check out this adventure because I, I like writing adventures now. I didn't know this was a thing I would be doing, well, but I've written quite a few and they're fun. Something has awakened within you. Trust me, mm-hmm. it'll, uh, you'll, you'll get that bug and you'll be thinking about adventures all the time. The one on a personal note, June 24th is a national holiday in Quebec. Or maybe it's oh. not national. It's a provincial holiday. Uh, it is basically Quebec Day. And mm-hmm. uh, businesses are not allowed to be open. You oh, no. find if you are open. And so I've got to find a friendly local game store that's not only participating in uh, Free RPG Day, but figure out when they're going to actually be hosting it. Probably well, the 25th yeah. of the Sunday. Sure, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, because I definitely I want to be there. I will run it if they will let me, Ooh, uh, nice. or I will just be there to I don't know sign copies, answer questions, promote Essence Twenty. Uh, in it. the past couple of years, I've dedicated a full day to just being at a game store on Free RPG Day, uh, just to talk about the Essence Twenty system and hopefully get some people to pick up some rule books. Cool. Yeah, yeah. This was I I, I agree that this is a fun one. <laughs> Having looked at it myself, okay. yes, I did. Did I, you I did, develop it? I think I did. I don't really fully remember now, to be perfectly honest. I either took I took a development pass on it. I may not have been the only developer on it. That's just okay. Fair. Good. I'm glad you and you enjoyed it. Has everything you want from a GI Joe Transformers crossover playable in like one session? Yeah, including uh, actually no, I I don't know what is going to be announced at this point. So hmm, I was going to yeah. say something, but I'm not going to say something. Don't I'm worry, just going to say it's awesome. Pick it up and it's free. It's free. Next news item, we've got ICV2. ICV2 lists Transformers as one of the top-selling RPGs of the last quarter. So ICV2 is a news site that is dedicated to uh, the entertainment industry with a focus on gaming and just nerdy interests. And uh, every quarter, they list the top-selling products in different categories, including RPGs. And last summer, so summer of 2022, um, both G.I. Joe and Power Rangers made it onto the top five. This mm-hmm. year, uh, neither one is on the list, but Transformers is on the list, as is Vampire. So mm-hmm. two Renegade-produced uh, RPGs are on the list once again. And uh, there's not much room for much else on the list. Once you've got Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. Pathfinder, and then ICV2 chooses to list 5th uh, edition third-party supplements as its own category. Yeah, And so those three are always the top three, and then it's the bottom two is where things get interesting. And so for the last two listings... Uh, Renegade products, mostly Essence 20 products, have been on that list, which is exciting. 
Okay. I, I always, uh, you know, be curious about what's sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. I, I think because the top three is basically set in stone at this point, yeah. the top ten would be nice. I know it's unfair to all the other categories, which are still a top five, but I don't think they have uh, a top three with such a like iron grip on the order. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I think they would be doing everybody a favor if they just listed Essence 20 as a single product, uh, as a single category. Oh, yeah, there and you then go, there's yeah. a little more wiggle room. Um, especially with the field guide to action adventure coming out where it's exactly. he's blurring the lines between the different settings. Yeah. Well, who knows? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, again, it's just one, well, so one metric of, 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 of sales too. Uh, so, uh, it is, uh, it's just one yeah. of the only public metrics of sales. It's true. It's good. To, it's good to know this kind of stuff. And it's good to see that the, the, the games that you work on are in that kind of, in the, in that top five, it's always heartening for sure. Uh, but it is just one metric. Uh, next up, we've got, uh, last episode, we talked about all of the PDFs that were available for people that pre-ordered. So even though these games are officially, or these products are officially releasing at Gen Con or slightly before it, if you pre-ordered the My Little Pony core rulebook, uh, Power Rangers Across the Stars or Transformers of the Time is Now, by last episode, you would have been able to download your PDF. And now, uh, G.I. Joe's Sergeant Slaughter Limited Edition Accessory Pack PDF is also available for those who have pre-ordered it. Uh, now, this is a box set, and it has a lot of products in it. Mm -hmm. What is currently available is the two source books. So one of them is a source book full of options. One of them is an adventure book. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, people started downloading it today. And uh, I guess I should point out that if you downloaded it and you were finding um, weird page references, like instead mm -hmm. of actual page numbers, yeah. it was just XX was in there, uh, the wrong PDF was uploaded. So you can re-download, and you will get the proper one that was sent to the printer and represents what the actual product looks like. Yeah. Um, it was a little worrying when that was the dominating the conversation. Yeah. But now that that's been dealt with, it is nice that people are they're intrigued by this product. Like I'll, a lot of the feedback I'm seeing on Discord is that this is more than they were expecting, or that they just didn't know what they were expecting. Sure, but now yeah. they're really enjoying it. It you know it's different. It, the title of Sergeant Slaughtery Limited Edition Accessory Pack like it doesn't really say a ton about what what you're going to get in there exactly it feels like you know accessories could be it's probably going to be minis and dice or whatever but like you know but it's it's got a lot of good material in it it's got a lot of essence 20 gi joe material in it yeah well and like we were talking about last episode uh when we were talking about this the scope of the deck building <laughs> game was a much larger box than i realized just mm -hmm. from preview images i have a feeling people are going to get the same reaction when they see the sergeant slaughter box in person i think this is going to yeah. be a hefty box and sure yeah it, it is packed with stuff because, again, mm -hmm. we only have a small window that we can use Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. And so we did everything we could for this one product, everything Sergeant Slaughter related we could think of. Um, it, yeah, including the the options in the book really aren't just if you want to make Sergeant Slaughter. It is broad. And if you want to yeah. make characters that are inspired by Sergeant Slaughter or really just fit in similar categories as Sergeant Slaughter, there is a lot in there. And I mm -hmm. hope that people... Uh, give it a fair look because again, it's only available for a limited time. Yeah, go out there and get it. Or when it comes out, go out and get it. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-order window has closed, right? You can't pre-order it now, right? It. Uh... I am not sure about that. That is okay. one of the things I feel like these early PDFs is uh, something Renegade does to uh, get another round of pre-orders in. Yeah. I feel like people 
basically until the game uh, gets sold, they are yeah. usually still available with pre-order okay. bonus. Okay, well then go out there and pre-order it. You'll get a PDF and be able to look at it right away. Because I'm on the I'm on the page and it looks like the button is accessible, the pre-order now button. So maybe it is. I hope so. Right. And you know what? If you have any questions, you can go onto Discord. There is a thread right now about Sergeant Slaughter spoilers. And you can just go in there and see what people are saying about the, the product. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of feedback on the adventure yet, but just on the source book alone, people are finding a lot of things that they uh, are excited about. Cool. Which is yeah, good. Also, I'm excited about this. It's very exciting. Thank you. Uh, next bullet, I debated whether to include this, and that is that Renegade put out a call for playtests. If you go to renegadestudios.com slash renegade-playtesters, you can sign up to be a playtester for Renegade Games. The reason I hesitated is I'm not positive his Essence 20 games fall into this category, or if this is um, just the tabletop games. Um, I don't know. I hadn't heard about this much, uh, so maybe it's just board game stuff, card game stuff, but it's all necessary, you know. It's all good, good, fun to do. That kind of, you know, get in on the process and and help with the development process. Yeah, I I think it probably will be more board games and card games. But again, <laughs> like if you're a fan of any of the Essence Twenty settings, odds are you're also a fan of the other games that take place in those settings, not just role playing games. And so your input as a fan of Transformers, GI Joe, Power Rangers, My Little Pony yeah. is still valuable uh, to Renegade and you know, to you if you are interested in getting the best version of the products possible. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and speaking of getting the best version of a product, last news item, the misprinted D4s. <laughs> Replacements are shipping soon. Hooray! So, uh, <laughs> every RPG has had at least one, dedicate, one set of dedicated uh, gaming dice, and the first uh, round of the ones that were produced, which does include Transformers, even though the Transformers core rulebook came out later than the other uh, core rulebooks, um, the D4 was just wrong. Just it, no matter yeah. how you rolled it, you never got a uh, consensus about what you had just rolled. And so just, uh, just for threes and fours, I think the ones and twos are okay. Oh, okay. It's just there's uh, one know, of the faces, the three and the four is switched. Um, so if you take, yeah, I don't know if you can tell from there. Yeah. But, I, uh, I, for some reason I got the red Ranger power Rangers one. Uh, yeah, I, I, this was just in a package from Renegade at one point. Yeah. yeah, and looking over the D4, you're right. It is just a couple of them are switched. Yeah, they're not. It's not completely useless. I mean, you just say two out of the three uh, of it on uh, the tip of the D4 agree with each other, so you can just go with consensus on that one. But it's nice to have a. It's nice that we're we're getting the uh, reprints of them, basically. Yeah, and they're. Anyone that ordered them from the site is getting the, an automatic one shipped. I believe that's how it's working. And um, if you ordered or if you picked it up at a game store, you can always contact Renegade, and they mm. are very good about making the same kind of replacements if there are any issues. Terrific. Yeah, so that's it for the first ever Essence 20 news segment. I I think we're going to do these. I think this is something we can just okay. kind of cram in at the end of every episode. Sure. And now we can move on to shout-outs. So uh, this episode's getting a little long, so I've only got a couple of shout-outs here. One of them is for the Spectrum TTRPG Twitch channel. They are running an actual play of the My Little Pony role-playing game. Uh, Matthew, who is one of the moderators on the Renegade Discord server and just a very active uh, member of the community, is GMing this with um, uh, the players from their regular uh, Spectrum TTRPG games. 
this is the first, as far as I know, the first My Little Pony role-playing game actual play. Because nice. like we said in the interview, game is technically not out yet, but people <laughs> do true. have access to the rules. That's true. Um, I it, it, The first episode is about three hours long, so I've only been watching it in chunks. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they are a lively, fun bunch, and they are really enjoying the opportunity to play in this, uh, you know, this... This fun, light, very friendship-focused setting, (laughs) which I don't think anyone on the show is a dedicated My Little Pony fan. I think there are Essence 20 fans that are now getting to uh, explore My Little Pony for the first time. Very nice. That's cool. And one more shout-out, and that is to the No Direction podcast that have returned. Last episode, we were talking about they would be returning, and now we can officially say they are out there up on the website. It is a thing that has happened. You can check out No Direction episode 285, the first regular episode of No Direction, the first new regular episode of No Direction since like August of last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now with new hosts, Esther Wallace and Navar Jackson. Um, It is just an introduction to the two of them. They're going through their history with their game, their history as gamers. I'd actually had suggested to them that they wait and make that episode two and try and make episode one just like, what a typical episode of No Direction would be, and I am glad they did not take that advice because I think just throwing the these two new personalities out there would have been too overwhelming to also mm. then take in a topic. So uh, yeah, okay. um, I am there to advise them in any direction that they need, but they are also free to ignore all of my advice, <laughs> uh, which they did in this case, okay. and uh, they are for the better. Uh, everything worked out for the better for it. Great. Uh, but also a new feature... Uh, Esther, who was doing the editing, her editing software automatically creates a man- a transcript of oh, right. the audio yeah, that saying. she's generated. And so for the first time, we've got transcripts of a podcast on the No Direction Network that will be posted alongside the new episode. So we're calling it No Direction in Writing, and it really is just a written copy of everything they talk about. And I'm super happy about this because, first of all, it gives everyone now access mm-hmm. to the No Direction podcast. It also makes it a lot easier to reference because mm. you could just be Googling the conversation or not. You could be Googling the topic and come across the conversation because now it'll be hit by by search engines. Yeah. Uh, just really everybody wins. And the fact that it's just something that's automated by Esther's editing software makes it even easier I didn't know that was an option. I've actually been looking into uh, transcripting options for years, and it seemed like there were hundreds of dollars for limited licenses. But she, uh, anyway, she has a different kind of license that is working for her that I think she already has for another project that she was working on, and uh, No Direction Benefits. Yeah, definitely. That's good to hear. Uh, you can find out more about us at nodirectionpodcast.com. want to thank you, say thank you to our patrons. You can find out more at patreon.com slash nodirection if you would like to uh, throw in a couple of dollars just to help us pay for, you know, server things and equipment upgrades, just uh, a lot of general maintenance stuff that in the past we had just absorbed those costs. But now mm-hmm. thanks to our Patreon, we don't have to, and it just makes everybody just happier and uh, less stressed about things. Indeed. Thank you to Word Burglar for the use of Letters from Snake Eyes V4. You can find out more about Word Burglar at wordburglar.com. Until next time, I'm Ryan Costello. And I'm Jason Keeley. We Friendship. Will see you in two- oh no, I say we will see you in two weeks right, for the sorry. next episode of Upshift, and then you say Friendship is magic. Yay! Yay.
taking him down. My pain medication, genocide. And she knew she couldn't call me, at least until I found out what happened to Tommy. That mission was private. For now, the objective was stopping the threat of this venomous collective spreading across the globe. I was ready to lock and load with flash, grand slam, clutch, zap, and rock and roll. Hawk, steal a grunt, breaker, and short fuse. And before I knew, I gained a whole lot more to lose.